Today's podcast is brought to you by Eggshell Light Company. For over 45 years, Eggshell Light Company has been the go-to specialty shop handling the lighting needs for all that grace the shores of beautiful Hawaii. Combining the artistic methods of the theater with the speed and efficiency of the musical touring industry, they have pioneered event lighting throughout the Hawaiian Islands. They specialize in supply of top shelf equipment and designers for broadcast concerts, corporate, and special events. From the smallest weddings to televised concerts and the largest corporate clients, they know this is your most important event. It is their goal to make sure you feel that way. Aloha from Eggshell Light Company. Welcome everyone to another episode of LD at Large Podcast. My name is Chris Lose. I am the designer relations developer at Ayrton Lighting as well as columnist for PLSN Magazine. I hope you're all enjoying reading and listening. I had a moment the other day. This is uh, a little bit more than I usually share, but my wife and I share a calendar so that we know what's happening and where we're, where we're going to be so that I don't have to call and check in every time. So I don't have to call and get permission to take a job. And if it's possible, it goes in as purple. It's confirmed. It becomes green. Never cancel. It turns red. And in my entire career, or at least since I've been married and had this calendar, I think I've used red five times, at least enough to count on one hand. And what it does is it it makes it so I don't delete it from the calendar so that my wife can say, oh man, well, we had something there, but it canceled. And it really hit me the other day because I was in my calendar and I just saw a sea of red. So many things have canceled from LDI to pro lights and sound and a couple gigs that I had on the side and it hurt. I, I've, I've used red more in the last six months than I've used in 20 years. And it really kind of let me know this is, this is fucked up. This is really bad for a lot of people. And I'm looking at a sea of red and it makes me feel terrible. And I can only imagine that I, I'm not alone in that. So today I took, I'm taking the time to reach out to a new friend. His name is Zach Boswell. He is the general manager at Elios Lighting out of Austin, Texas. And I'm hoping he can uh, kind of commiserate with me about a sea of red. And maybe mm. we can turn that sea of red into a, a, something... Uh, worthwhile and something to make some real change. So thank you, Zach, for uh, being here today. I appreciate you taking the time. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, man. This is this is really great. This kind of shows the community vibe of uh, of all of us, you know, that are that are in this together, you know? Yeah. Do you have a, how do you do with your calendars? Do you, do you have a hard time deleting events from calendars? You know, we, yeah, it's a, it's a bummer, you know, um, you know, there's still a a spreadsheet somewhere deep, deep in my email with all my South by Southwest stuff. And it's, um, you you know, it's a, it's a stark reminder of, of what could have been. Um, But, you know, we're just going to keep trudging along. I'm with you. I'm hoping we can change, you know, red to mean a little bit of hope, you know, right now for, for us in the event industry. Yeah, it's it's always been a powerful color. Right. Uh, it's 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 uh it's definitely the opposite of magenta. You know, we got to use that red to to really create an impact. So Well, 
it's what McDonald's uses to create hunger. And I feel like we're, <laughs> you know, psychologically <laughs> speaking, we're all pretty hungry right now. You know, we obviously we want everything to come back in the safest form possible. And nobody Absolutely. wants to push anybody to make an event. But at the same time, I feel like, and I think a lot of us feel like we've all been a little forgotten about in the greater conversation about what's going on. It seems like a lot of people this summer went back to work uh, in, in different sectors and different industries. And then there's, you know, everybody knows in this business, it's, it's not a job, it's a lifestyle, right? right. Literally our identities. I think you were talking to, I forget who you're talking to uh, your last podcast or two, two episodes ago about how like, I'm not Zach, I'm Zach, the lighting guy, or I'm Zach from Elios. Like that's literally who I am. Everything about me is lumped into this industry. Um, and, uh, you know, for us to not go back to work and to continue to live our lives the way we're used to and anyone who says retrain or go into another business, kiss my ass. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I'm 40, man. I don't, I, there's a, a lot of new tricks. I'm just unwilling to uh, learn right now. I, I want to adapt as much as possible, but retrain or go back to school, man. I, I spent my entire life in this, you know, right. it's, it's not something I want to take lightly. No, no, no. exactly. But why don't you fill me in a little bit on what we make events is and, uh, and how we can help support you. Well, I'm going to go into the same spiel that I've done 125 times in the last 12 days. <laughs> I would appreciate it. But uh, in, in late July, early August, uh, this all started in the UK and a, a bunch of folks out in the UK. I wish I could remember the names of those folks, but I don't. They got together and on August 11th, several hundred out of work UK production folks lit up over 700 buildings across the United Kingdom. And, um, and it was, it was the, we make events, you know, and it got a lot of push into the UK government and, and the, in the UK general public at large to stand up and take notice about an entire industry that is completely wiped off the map. And it went really well for them. So a lot of like-minded, smart and powerful folks in our industry here in the US said, we got to do the same thing, but we have to do it fast. We didn't have a lot of time to get this going. We're in an election year. We're in, and the other focus is, uh, you know, in the UK, I'm not sure how their government works, but we have the Restart Act that we're, we're trying to get Congress to pass. And within that is a whole lot of programs to help not just people within our industry, but all Americans that are, you know, hunting for work, searching for work right now and the various industries that went away. Um, and we're trying to extend uh, the, the, the PUA and we're trying to get our $600 back. We want more PPP loans um, to keep production houses and venues open. Mm -hmm. um, it, you know, the kind of the funny not so funny thing is we were originally going to do this on August 27th. That's the last day of the RNC, us turning everything red. We decided maybe it wouldn't be the best. We're not trying to align, obviously, <laughs> with the party. Um, so we moved it to September 1st. Um, so <laughs> right now we're trying to get 1,500 buildings across the United States lit up red. We're getting gobos on them. We're using lasers. LED walls, anything we can do to get the message across, you know, safely and legally, let me point out safely and legally, um, to try to get Congress to 
to get the restart act going and to help us out and to one once again to bring the general public into the consciousness that an industry that employs 12 million people i think i think the numbers are it's 300 billion dollars a year in the united states is gone this business this industry affects trucking manufacturing hospitality uh, um, the list goes on and on and it's not even just the states it is a global thing if elation or airton if these manufacturers can't send their bids out to the people that make their chipsets or their cpus or whatever this is it's just all tied in together and then just the fact that you know we all we're in this because we love music we're in this because we love events and the general public also loves music and events and everybody's missing out on that magic right now and i believe if anything in this country right now we could use a little magic i i i fully agree it's it's a double-edged sword for us because uh when we're not in dire straits we're an invisible industry and that right. we're supposed to be an invisible industry we're supposed to just be behind the scenes making things happen and people shouldn't even know that we are an industry right they should they should know about the concert entertainment industry as a whole but not really the production side of it they should just know that there's artists and they're on stage and they look great and they sound great and they and there's podiums and there's microphones and they just should magically appear right and that's honestly the best i don't i don't want to be on stage i'm not you know what i mean i'm lucky that my talent is in flashing and trashing and, and not being on stage i'm not a, <laughs> a, handsome, a handsome guy um you know uh where was my thought process on that people so shouldn't I, be going to south by southwest and going like man zach did a great job they should be saying oh man i got to see all my favorite artists and they all sounded great and that is how zach knows that he did a perfect job Right. If nobody exactly. recognizes Zach, then Zach did a perfect job. Right. Exactly. But now you know, we're, we're on the other side of that. We're like, you guys, we, we need your help. We, we absolutely do. And, you know, I, I don't know how else to, to get the word out to tell people. Like, it's funny with, with, with the We Make Events thing, it's almost taken on its own life, especially for me here in Austin. There are people that have just like organically are just – organizing stuff for the first that I've never even spoken to. You know what I mean? I'm supposed to be like coordinating and doing all these logistics. And I'm hearing from strangers of friends that are like, Oh, we're lighting this place up. I'm like, do your thing shorty. You know what I mean? Just <laughs> go ahead. Just make sure you get it on social media and use the correct hashtags. Um, you know, it's uh, speaking with um, the, the representative for the Texas music office and the governor's office, uh, a guy named Brendan Anthony, you know, he's doing the stuff on the back end. He's getting Senator John Cornyn involved. He's getting Congressman Lloyd Doggett involved. And this is, that's really what's, you know, important is as nonpartisan as, as we're trying to make this thing is and nonpolitical as we're trying to make it, it is about politicians doing what's right. Yeah. It's never has the purse strings that say. Uh, right. They, they're better for worse. They have our money and we need some of it back right now. Right. I mean, I, I know I'm, I'm, I'm good on my taxes, so give it back. I'm, I'm all paid up. I'm, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll go a little bit further and maybe farther than I should. I used to be the sort of person that would not take, I wouldn't uh, be proud of taking unemployment or government money. But now as I'm older and I've paid into that system, I'm like, that's, that's my money. 
Right. And I, and I need some of it back right now. Yeah. Like I, I'm, I'm proud to be a, a tax paying rule following law abiding citizen. But at the same time, like, yo, I, I gave you that to protect myself and for the, for the greater good. Given some of that back right now would be for the greater good. It really would be, you know, and I'm, I don't, I don't, I don't know about you, but I feel like my, my significant other and I, we're both in production. My, my wife, you know, worked for C3 for 13 years and she's been furloughed since April. Um, you know, mm-hmm. when, when that $600 ran out for both of us, you know, we were like, Jesus, what are we, you know, kind of like literally what are we going to do now? You know, like we're, we're getting deep into the savings and we, we've got our, our budget out for about three years. And if, if her and I somehow aren't working in, in two and a half, three years from now, we're, we're in dire straits. And we are one of, I assume, thousands of couples. I feel like production people couple up quite often. People have, you know, you have to have a certain understanding of your partner's lifestyle. Yeah. We do make good bedfellows uh, yes. within our own community. Until we don't. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> at, at, at least we have an understanding of each other and like, okay, so you're not actually out there uh, hanging out backstage passes for BJs oh, and all that. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sadly, I, I think that that's still a prominent reputation that uh, the entertainment industry has. Like, ah, the bunch of pirates, they're going to be fine. They'll just... They go bag groceries for a few weeks and then they'll be back. And that's yeah. not the case anymore. It's not it's like not, the eighties. No, no, it, it's not even the 2000, the two thousands or the early 2010s, you know, just to speak to that real quick, I've noticed the, 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 the industry as a whole is so much more professional um, than it was even maybe eight, nine years ago. It just seems like, you know, uh, us as a whole is like, we take this shit so seriously. Uh, yeah. I remember when I first started out, yeah, there was the safety issues here and the safety meetings there. And, uh, um, you know, it's just not, not like that anymore. And it's, it's sad to think, I, I understand. I remember even being a kid, you know, like I want to be a roadie. Sounds cool, you know, and, and it is super cool, but it's not cool in the way I thought it was cool when I was 18 years old, you know, mm-hmm. you're right. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of a bummer. You know, I, I got a lot of, of young men and women that were, that were working here at Elios building careers that are now making burritos and there's nothing wrong with making burritos, but these people were on trajectories to be, you know, viable members uh, uh, of the industry and to, and to, to go preach the gospel of safe and, and properly done production all over the world. And I was really mm-hmm. proud of that. And now they're all scrambling. You know, a lot of them, I, I, I get worried that they're going to give up on these careers that they were going to be really good at, you know, but this, this thing, this wedge, you know, got, got in front of them. I have such mixed emotions about it too, because I'm so amazed that we have the capability and the power to be able to save lives in this way. But at the same time, okay, you guys, we, we did, we did what we should. We, we did as much as we can. Can we really honestly take a look at how we can get back to work as safely and honestly and possibly as, you know, as, as possible, you know, there are things that we can be doing. We can be disinfecting areas. We can be doing the the face masks. We can be washing hands. We can, you know, forego uh, some, some ticket taking, there are things and there are steps we can do, 
but they're going to take time. And in the meantime, we need some support. That's exactly. We're not exactly. asking anybody to move mountains or uh, tear down walls here. We're just looking for little support to get us through the rough times. Right. You know, uh, America has, uh, it, as far as exports, we, you know, we don't export a lot anymore, but one of our biggest exports is entertainment, right? Oh, so it, true. And we're not exporting right now. And that should be a big red flag to literally every American. Yeah, it should go to everybody around the world. Everybody cares about American entertainment and exports. Right. Uh, you know, and all across North America, but it's the same on the other side. You know, there's, there's a lot of bands in Europe. Music is the last bastion uh, to me uh, of, of a free trade of thoughts and ideas that are not hampered by, you know, any sort of politicization. You know what I mean? And we're not getting that. We can, we can download and stream in, in virtual events all we want. And that's great. And that's great that people can, can um, use that as a business model, but you're not going to get the same feeling as getting those thoughts and ideas coming across to you in that live setting. And yeah, it's, 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 it's this balance to make sure that we're doing everything completely safe Right. Uh, for example, uh, uh, this weekend, Elios is doing an event uh, out at the Circuit of the Americas racetrack, and they're re we're requiring everyone going out to that racetrack to have a negative COVID test, to have a paper receipt that you show on arrival. And then on top of that, they're still going to give you uh, your temperature check and we're still wearing masks and we're still doing, you know, socially distant installs as much as we possibly can. You know, we're taking all those steps. And I think if we can just come up with, with better ways. I think a lot of us should really, and probably already have sat down, you know, we've all been doing festivals and making these things for so long, you know, we should be able to, to figure this out. It's just letting the powers that be in legislation, let us do our thing. We're smart at this. We're good at this. We, you know, we know how to egress. We know how to do things safely. We, you know, the, the U S festival market is, you know, one of the safest places on earth. Um, you know, let us figure it out and give us the tools and resources to, to get it back going again. Yeah. You're actually touching on my, my 10% libertarianism right there is like, just, just back off. Let us, we right. know how to do this. We have, we've been doing this for quite a while. Give us the, the information we need. Give us some, some guidelines and let us go. We can, we can do this. Right. And you it's, know? yeah, I, I think, it, who knows? <laughs> you know, that's the thing. My mind spins and goes around and around and around on what could be, what could have been, what's, what's next, you know? Yeah. So for people in our industry, what we can do on September 1st is anything that we can turn red, we should do it. Is that accurate? Absolutely accurate. If it's just your home, make your home red. If, uh, if, if you work for a production company or you own a production company, get that thing red uh, between nine and midnight, flood all social media platforms with photos and videos uh, of your buildings in red. If, if you have access to Gobos or if you just need the, the, the JPEG or PNG, I'll, I'll email it to you. You can throw it up on a projector. Um, just whatever we can do to get as make as much of a big noise as we can on September 1st between nine and midnight. Um, just to, to, just to, even if nothing else to say, we're still fucking here. You know what I mean? We're mm -hmm. not hiding in our homes. We want to be out here. Um, 
And the proper hashtag is hashtag we make we events. We make events. Uh, hashtag um, red alert restart. And hashtag extend uh, PUA. Got it. And that's for people in our industry, uh, which is the bulk of my audience. Uh, this makes it out to people outside of our audience. What can people who are not able to get a hold of some, some LED PARs or what can they do? Can they just be sharing farther and wider? What can they, what sort what support can we ask for outside of our industry? Well, obviously, yeah, just, just, just sharing the hell out of everything is, is one thing and social media is great on that side. But what would really, really help is if they wrote emails, wrote letters and made phone calls to their congressmen and women, uh, the senators, uh, local representation, uh, um, your mayor, uh, your district attorney, anybody that you think has any sort of political power or pull, harass them if you have to legally and safely speaking. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> you know, just just to get them to, because that's the thing. Restart doesn't doesn't just help the production industry, the events industry. It's for everyone that is suffering. You know, we're obviously not the only one, although I do believe we are one of the bigger industries that has not made it back. We were definitely mm -hmm. the first one to be completely obliterated. But there are other folks out there that are, that are still suffering, still hurting. And uh, this thing's for all of us, for all Americans. But why not use our voice? Why not use our, uh, our you know, ingrained ability to organize things quickly and to make actions quickly, you know, it, it, I think it's great. I think it really shows, you know, the industry as a whole as something more than just flashing and trashing to, to some music on a Saturday night. We, we're, we are people that are bred to organize things. You know, we're people and it's what we do. Essentially, we, we are organizers, you know, whether it's doing your patch in your console or getting your labor calls ready to go. It, that's what we do. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I want to help everyone, everyone. Absolutely. Uh, that's what we do as, uh, as an entertainment production industry. We go out from, we go from city to city to city helping people feel better, feel something. Uh, we help them get together we get, uh, and we get them in a room with all, all their friends and to cheer at the same time and hopefully bond. And that ability has just been stolen from us. Absolutely. You know, on a, on a personal note, a quick kind of sad anecdote, uh, you know, uh, I, I lost my dad a few years ago in a motorcycle accident, right? And, and one of the bonds him and I had were the Beatles. And uh, ACL uh, 2018, uh, you know, Paul McCartney played. And uh, I'm, I'm getting chills right now. When he played Blackbird, I got to finally let my dad go in that moment. And I am one person in a sea of 60,000 people also having that one moment in that one city on that one day with that one artist. Now imagine that a million times over every year. That's what's missing now. That's what's gone. Wow. Damn, that hits hard. We can be online and we can watch a million virtual concerts and they not one of them even 
scratches the surface of that. Not not a not a thousand drive-in concerts. Damn, you're you're absolutely right. You know that's that's the magic I'm talking about. You know when people say that concerts aren't essential. Sure, maybe if you're looking at a city's infrastructure, if you're looking at government, perhaps, perhaps. But yeah. I have witnessed many occasions where thousands of people from all walks of life and every avenue you can imagine are one collective consciousness, whether it was for four minutes or the entire set. There was no separation between who was who and what was what. We were all just this glob of humanity that was in this <laughs> this moment of, of joy or sadness or whatever it was, but we all got to share it together in this space. And I'm not even talking about just concerts. I've been to some corporate events that were really get you going, <laughs> you know, or, yeah. or, or what, whatever it is, you know, humans, humans are a collective people. We, we want to be together. And I feel like, uh, you know, once again, music is, is a great avenue for that, or, or even a, a great speaker or, or, or what have you, you know, I, I like the drive-in thing because it's showing some initiative to try to get some stuff back. Uh, you know, it's weird. I don't, it's weird to watch a band from your car, but it, it, it's a wonderful bandaid right. and we need band-aids by any means necessary is, yeah. is one of the things that we've been saying in, in the, we, we make events movement, you know, whatever we got to do to get it done, which is what we always do anyway. You know, when you, when you load in a festival or corporate event, and you're getting close to doors and this or that or the other thing is fucked up. Come on, go come on guys, whatever we can do to get this thing done. Doors are happening. Whether you like it or not, we got to go. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, man, I, I'm still being touched by what you just said. I am not a religious person myself, but what I do fully respect about most of the world religions is the, the ceremony and the community and the bringing people together at by all means necessary. It's like, yeah, I'm sorry. I can't go out because I've got to go see Santana Saturday night. I, there's nothing else I can do. I'm going to go sit in a room with a, a horde of like-minded people. And we're going to soak up the, the gospel of Santana. Yeah. You know, we're going to, we're going to feel some love. We're going to, show our appreciation we might imbibe some uh, some intoxicants and we might all feel unified and collective and we we're all going to be in the same headspace for an amount of time and we're going to walk out and we're going to we're going to be refreshed yeah and you're right that's missing it is but- be a corporate even if it is a corporate event or a, an MLM something where we, everybody's just like in the same room together sitting in the dark staring in the same direction that ceremony and that ritual is just it's just been gutted you're right right and then it's the camaraderie uh, of the industry itself uh, you know I'm I'm a I'm a veteran um and it took me a while to find my way to production. I didn't get into this business till I was 26, 27 years old. And I, it, I, I, did, I felt lost until I got to production. And then I immediately acclimated because it's a lot of the same stuff. You're traveling every day. You're under stressful situations, you know, 
Um, and uh, I feel like one of the other reasons that I hate that this business, this industry has gone away is um, I, I love to hire veterans because veterans do acclimate to this business so rather, true. rather easily. And there's a, there's a lot of veterans, you know, coming home every day and I don't have a place to make for them to come here and learn a skill outside of their, their military experience, you know, which is, is, is another bummer <laughs> on top of that. Oh man, I have to take a, I have to take a moment to just kind of uh, validate this on uh, one of my uh, tours a few years ago, we had a, a veteran and I, I'm, he was uh, one of my favorite human beings, uh, so passionate, but his son was being born and he would not leave the tour because we were his squadron, right? his crew, to the point that we had to like break him of his habit. And, like you, get, you need to go home. This is your first son. You don't understand what you would be missing if you don't go home right now. But that sense of camaraderie and, and squadron was so ingrained in him. That we're like, you, we're, we're buying you a, a flight. And if, I swear to God, if you don't go home and be there for the birth of your son, we're going to fire you. <laughs> and it was, you're so right, so well to our industry because it's, it's guerrilla entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. Just get it going. This may be a 20 hour day. That's not anything for you to think about. The only thing for you to think about, or what's, what's, what's the old thing? Uh, yours is not to question why yours is, but to do or die, you know? Oh, <laughs> um, but the other thing is a core value in the military is literally service above self, you know? And, and I really got that vibe in this industry uh, when I got to it is the service before self, you know, and the whole, you're not fighting for the army, you're fighting for the person in the foxhole next to you. It's the same thing when you're on that crew, when you're in that front of house, you know, like that's who you're with. That's who you're about in that moment. That's all it's about. So one of the things that comes up often from my family is they ask when I go out on the road, like, who, who are you going out with? Like, well, I don't, I don't know all the people. They wait, you're going to live on a bus for three months with these people and you don't know them? Well, well, no, but I'm going to after I'm going to make, they're going to be my best friends after about three days. And I'm just right. going to make that happen because I have to. Right. Because you know? they sleep six inches above me. <laughs> right. In the, in other industries, you've got years to get to know your coworkers because they're going to be in the cubicle next to you or something. And you're, when you over when you start a project, you're going to know all of their qualifications. You you're gonna you're gonna have years of experience with them. Not us. No. We're gonna we're gonna learn quickly about the person next to us, and we're gonna we're gonna become besties in in minutes because that's you know we got shit to do and we got to do it quick. Right. We got to do it quick, and we got to make it look and sound good because the the artists that hired us or the corporate individual that hired us they don't care about any of your bullshit they only care about getting that event done and you got to push all the other shit out of your mind like you know having a child <laughs> um, <laughs> just, just you know got to get that show done <laughs> so fill me in how did that how did that happen how did you get out of the military and into entertainment was that in austin no no i i got out of the air force 91 days before September 11th, 2001. Oh my uh, God. And then, um, 
you know, I, I, I was, I was bumming around, I was playing in bands and I, I honestly, I, I ended up going to full sale in 2003, but I went there to learn how to make records. You know, I was going to be a, I was going to be a recording engineer and I get to Austin and I'm like, I'm going to become an intern at a, at a studio and uh, no, nope. So I, I started delivering pizzas and I, I started doing, you know, I was a, you know, I started doing monitors and running sound at all the clubs downtown. And this is 2004 or five. And not a lot of people were running lights here in Austin. There was, there was a couple of companies and uh, that's kind of when Elio started real, real small. And, um, you know, I hopped on with them and, and, and that was it. You know, I was, in, I was in love. I was in love with the whole business. You know, I, I think a lot of people in this career field, and this is obviously in jest, but are failed musicians like myself, <laughs> you know, um, you know, I, and I decided if I can't, if I can't play in a 13 minute existential doom metal song in front of two people, I'd much rather run lights for a psychedelic <laughs> band for 20,000 people. <laughs> that was about it. One, one does pay better than the other. I would for imagine sure. they're, they're, they sound about equally fulfilling. One just has a more of a, more of a, a, a future. <laughs> right. <laughs> But it sounds like entertainment is at your core. You're like, no, I, I want to be in the room making people feel things. Well, it, my first, I, I got my first lighting job with Midnight Lighting here in Austin on a Wednesday. That Friday, Pat Bowles, guy that owns the place, took me, a bunch of park hands, uh, a Pearl 2000, not even the split roller cue, and uh, I don't know, a dozen techno beams. He taught me how to patch the console. He taught me how to make the mirrors wiggle, and then he left. He's like, I got to go do another gig. I literally, I had been doing sound for maybe 13, 14 months at this time, had never done lights. Uh, and the first time I hit those mole phase and the crowd went nuts, I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. This is it. I found it, baby. I'm here. <laughs> and I think, you know, that's the same I think that's the same feeling that a whole, whole, whole lot of people in our business get. And, and I hate to keep harping, you know, on what we're, we're here to honestly talk about, but there's a lot of young women and men that I was trying to, cause the last three, four years of my career, that's all I've cared about. I honestly only run about a dozen light shows a year now, and it's usually in stubs or emos. And it's just when I feel like coming in and, and doing something, I I'm trying to, to, to cultivate an atmosphere that brings a whole new generation into our industry of people that get that same feeling when they hit those mole face, but they're doing it in a safe and intellectual uh, and ultimately uh, um, a very professional way. And uh, I, I feel like that's been taken away from them. And that opportunity for me to do that and feel good about doing that has been taken away from me. And once again, I'm just, I'm worried that a lot of these young kids are going to abandon this profession that they could have been really, really good at. That's one of my biggest fears. Yep. Uh, you actually touched on something that, uh, that we need to discuss is that Stubbs is one of those places that makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> There is no reason that Stubbs should have the reputation or the allure or the, the grandiosity that it does. It's, it's not a nice place or it's a terrible load-in. It's not a great place to do a production, but it is wonderful. There is something about doing a show at Stubbs that is, it makes you feel like I came here 
to freaking party. And it is so well known for great acts. People come through there like, we don't care. You're like, but the, the stage isn't that great. We don't care. The, the lighting's, there's nothing spectacular about it. We don't care. We're going to Stubbs because there's something about doing a show at Stubbs that makes it awesome. Right. It's, it's, a, it's a punk rock venue in somebody's backyard that happens yes. to hold 2,200 people. You know, I got to be sort of careful. Stubbs is a client of Elios. Uh, and I was, the, yeah. I, was, I was the house guy there for almost seven years. I met my wife there. You know, like yeah. that place means so much. I built a career in that place. Um, yeah. And it means so much to me, you know, and, and to speak to the, yes, production wise, it is a tough sell. It's a tough <laughs> um, place. You, know, you have a wall that's 30 degrees off access from the other <laughs> wall. You have that diaper that I, as far as I know, no monitor engineer enjoys. You have nope. air frequencies bouncing around everywhere. Line of sight. <laughs> There's four fucking centers. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? But it's iconic, you know? Exactly. It's, it's just one of those places. And, um, you it's know, I just, unrecreatable. Just to speak to Stubbs as, 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 the, as the building itself, you know, uh, in May, they tried to open back up the restaurant portion, right? Uh, when everything was looking like it was going to open back up and everything was going to be fine. And they were open for three weeks and they lost about $5,000 a day just trying to be open as a restaurant, not even as a venue. And it's been dark since the June 15th, you know, and it's, uh, it's one of the many venues that we're going to be lighting up September 1st. Uh, I'm personally lighting up stubs. That's the one venue that I'm, that I'm going to take on myself to, to get lit up just to show people, you know, like, do you remember this place? The magic that you've experienced here will help us help you help us help you one more time. Yeah. It's things like Stubbs and that magic that that makes ACL a, a thing. It's it, that's what makes South by Southwest such an event, a, a worldwide, world-renowned event. Right. I mean, Austin is a tough little spot. I mean, they will put entertainment in any closet. <laughs> any any nook any cranny and people they 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 eat it up they will you know it really is you know i i know i know there's always been the rivalry between austin and nashville you know we're the live music capital of the world there i forget their moniker that they use and they go back and forth um but it, it really is like that a quick anecdote about that though uh you know uh south by southwest I had a good friend he was the 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 head chef over at the downtown marriott and i'm just out and about you know, checking on my guys, checking on the venues, stuff like that. And I stopped by and talked with him and we're literally standing in the little slip where the garbage truck and delivery trucks come in. And this young person <laughs> comes by on a cell phone looking panicked. And he looked at uh, my buddy who had his Marriott shirt on and he was like, is this space available to rent? And he's like, you mean in the Marriott? And the guy's like, no, this space here. He's like, and this is where garbage trucks come. And the guy gets back on the phone. He's like, I don't think we're going to have an event space, man. I don't know what we're going to do. Because <laughs> they, will, they will literally put a show up in any 12 by 5 area <laughs> in Austin, Texas, during South by. Yeah, it, it's, it's so cool. I, I, it is. Well, I, as, a, as a, what I consider myself a fairly well-established LD, I've done arenas. I've done stadiums. And I've been to South by Southwest seeing people that would normally do a stadium do a 
a, a garbage dump right. and be proud of it. They're like, yeah, look, look at, look at, I got uh, Alica here in uh, exactly in this back room. And that's awesome. What you a know, crazy I got 12 parkans and I'm the proudest LD right now because of these 12 parkans. I, I fit 12 parkans in here. You well, know? you know, 12 park hands, the pressure's off at that point. Like, what are you going to do? You just have a good time and watch the <laughs> band go, <laughs> you know? But that, that Metallica show at Stubbs, Foo Fighters at Stubbs, Muse at Stubbs, we had to bring in Transformers just for the, for the lasers. And this isn't even Muse now. This is Muse 10 years ago, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. It just on and on and on, the wacky, wacky shows I've seen at that place and all, all over Austin. And then ACL, I, you know, it's just tough. It's t- it's tough. Now I'm starting to like get all wistful and kind of, <laughs> you know, thinking about what the fall normally would have been for us. You know, just to give a couple of numbers, it, they they canceled South by on March 12th, and immediately Elios, one company in one city for one event, we lost almost six hundred thousand dollars immediately. That money is literally what pays my staff through the summer because the summer gets pretty lean around here. It's so hot. Nobody, the big tours, they're, you know, they, they don't normally come through Austin. If they do, they go to Coda and they're self-contained and nobody's getting married. And so, you know, uh, my contractors, I would say on average, my contractors during a South by Southwest would make anywhere between 2,500 and $4,000. They, none of them got any of that money. I normally, at this point in the year, we should have done 200 events. We've done 20. Wow. Wow. Uh, I would put South by at the same level as Coachella in the fact that when it canceled, I knew shit had hit the fan. Right. Yeah. You know, a, a couple tours here and there, like, yeah, you can't really tour being socially distanced, but you know, a, a stay put event in a, in a, in a city that large, you would think that there could have been, some things that they could have done, they could have retooled things a little bit. But when that canceled, they're like, no, this is for real. This, yeah. is, a, this is a thing that, that needs, this is going to be a worldwide event that's not going to be going away for a while. Well, to this day, I think that was the correct move to like, make. Oh, wow. Because you, you've, you've been to a South By. You know how thick it can get on those streets, all those bodies, you know, bumping into each other and, and just the kind of a mess that South by already kind of is the, you know, the, the human stain of it all or whatever, you know, whatever vernacular you want to use. And I think, I honestly think they absolutely made the right choice because that could have been a a world crushing element to COVID because thousands of people from four or five different continents come here. Now imagine them all coming here. They're contracting yeah. it or they're infecting and then they go. It, it could have been, it could have been Sturgis, but you know, times a, a thousand because they're already starting to come out with some of the numbers in Minneapolis and in Chicago and in the Midwest States where people went to Sturgis and they got infected and they are taking it back to their hometowns, you know, and I've never been to Sturgis, but I assume it's something of a South by esque. <laughs> um, yeah. I it's, People leaving their small towns, going to a bigger town, and then going back to their little town. Right. That's, that's how it gets into the little towns. The little towns, the isolated uh, towns and villages, they're very cocky right now because they, they don't have a lot of people coming in and going out. But it's events like that that, get, that, that transport viruses, you know? That's, that's what's up. That's it. So 
it's, it's up to our government to do what they can monetarily to make sure that we're still here whenever it is they come up with the plan to make sure that we can start doing events. Because that's the thing. They can come up with that plan to make sure we can start doing events again. But if none of us are here, if none of the, if none of the production houses can stay open or retain their gear, you know, um, then what, what's the point? Yep. What's the point? Yeah, well, I think that is the point is to make sure that uh, we're still available to do events and make events when this is all over. Uh, I look forward to getting the all clear. I, I don't know exactly what the all clear is going to look like. It, it, I don't think it's going to be cases are at zero, but it's going to be like, okay, we, we were through the worst of this. And then uh, we just need to make sure there's enough people available to go back and start uh, filling arenas and, and stadiums again. I hope so. We'll see what happens in Germany. I know they're doing some exp- quote unquote experiments um, with, with yeah. doing uh, indoor live events to just kind of get the data and um, good on them. I hope everybody's safe in doing that. You know, yeah. it's, 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 it's going to be a global effort. I know that we make events thing right now is about America, but it's, it's going to take the whole globe to get in, in, in on this to really figure this out because you can book stuff all you want, but if the bands aren't comfortable or if the management of the bands aren't comfortable, they're not going to let them travel. So, you know, you could open your, your, your venues and your, and your houses back up. But if people aren't feeling comfortable to, to travel to your festival or travel to your corporate event, they're just not going to do it. So it, it's gotta be both. It's gotta be both. We got to do it safely uh, but we gotta, we gotta do it soon. <laughs> yep. Right on. Well, thank you so much for your time, Zach. Thank I, uh, I hope you, that, uh, all the people listening will, uh, reach out to their, their industry friends and their out of the industry friends and their senators and, and their Congress people and anybody who will listen to the, Hey, we're, we're here. We were supporting you when you needed it. And, uh, now the tides have turned and we need your support. Yeah. Absolutely. Compassion is the highest form of love. So we just got to take care of each other. Too true. And just to re uh, reaffirm, it is hashtag we make events. Yep. Hashtag red alert restart. Yep. If anybody wants any more information, you can go to www.wemakeevents.org. Awesome. Thank you so much, Zach. Thank you, sir.